Thank you for downloading the Walking On Air podcast. Before I begin, I would like to thank the three fantastic sponsors of this podcast. Where are you going on holiday this year? Will you be exploring the mysterious moorlands of Dartmoor or the lovely lakes of the Lake District? Perhaps you would like an adventure in Andalusia or an autumnal wine walk in Sicily or Spain. Do you want to return to the roots of Nordic walking and have a go at cross-country skiing in Norway? Or are you looking for a challenge walk somewhere further afield in Africa, India or Canada? You can find holidays to all these incredible destinations and many more at walkingwomen.com. Local women guides provide in-depth knowledge of each area and will encourage you to walk a little longer and walk a little higher. Use the discount code WOA23 to get a £50 discount off your next walking holiday. Walking women take care of the organisation so you can take care of yourself. The next sponsor is the go-to supplier of brilliant Nordic walking poles. Nordicwalk.store is the leading independent online retailer of quality Nordic walking poles in the UK. Always warm and friendly, I can vouch for the fact that you will get excellent customer service in their capable hands. Nordicwalk.store will deliver Lecky and XL poles the next day anywhere in the UK and if you need advice about which pole is right for you, then contact Paula, who is always happy to help answer your questions. And finally, have you ever considered turning an activity you love into your actual job? If you enjoy being outdoors, meeting new people and staying fit, why not train to become an instructor yourself? British Nordic Walking offers internationally recognised high-quality instructor courses and provides amazing ongoing support for its instructor network. If this sounds tempting, then you can book an instructor training course with a £25 discount if you visit www.britishnordicwalking.org.uk, click on the Train With Us tab and book using the discount code WALKING23. I trained with British Nordic Walking back in 2014 and it provided me with all the information I needed to start teaching and gave me the confidence to set up as an instructor on my own. As a British Nordic Walking instructor, you too will benefit from ongoing support from the community and CPD opportunities to enhance your own knowledge. Further details, discount codes and links to the sponsors' websites can be found in the show notes. Welcome to the final episode of Series 2 of the Walking On Air podcast, the podcast for all Nordic walkers, wherever you may be around the world. I'm Mary Tweed, an instructor with British Nordic Walking. This week, the podcast is in a different format to usual. Instead of me grilling another Nordic walker, I am the one being grilled. National trainer Steve Ellis, who I interviewed a couple of episodes ago on Nordic Walking Adventures, suggested that the tables were turned and he offered to interview me for a change and to mark the end of the second series. Walking On Air will be back after a short break, so if you have a story you want to share or a topic you would like to hear more about, please get in touch by emailing hello at walkingonairpodcast.co.uk and let me know your suggestions. 
If you find this podcast beneficial, then I would be extremely grateful if you would consider occasionally making a small donation, the price of a cup of coffee, by clicking on the Buy Me A Coffee link in the show notes. This helps cover the cost of producing these podcasts. Hello, everybody. Today, you're going to be hearing my voice. My name is Steve Ellis. I'm an Inward National Trainer. And today, I am interviewing on her own podcast, Mary Tweed of Nordic Walking East Anglia. Hello, Mary. Hi, Hi, Steve. This is lovely to have the tables turned on me. I'm feeling very nervous. So now I know what it feels like for all my guests. But I think this is a brilliant idea you've come up with. And um, thank you for suggesting it. Well, it's uh, my pleasure. And, and I actually know how you feel now, week in, week out, because <laughs> it is really nerve wracking. It's easy sitting on where you are than it is sitting this side. Uh, but we'll give it a good stab and hopefully uh, the readers and listeners will, uh, will enjoy what we're going to do. So could you start, please, by sharing your history of exercise with your listeners? Of course. So I didn't really like team sports at school because the options were hockey or lacrosse, both of which I found absolutely terrifying. Um, And actually, one thing that's been really reassuring over the last two series is to find out that this is a really common theme. And it's actually really sad that so many people are put off at a young age about exercise by bad experiences at school due to limited options available to them. After university, I worked in the Alps for two years because I'd always loved skiing and I got into competing at an amateur level in moguls where I did very well. At the time, there was no funding for freestyle British skiers. And so the two competitors who eventually went on to compete in the Nagamo Olympics in, I'm just trying to remember the year, it would have been about 1998, I think. Um, They would gather a few of us together from time to time and we would have to critique their performance in return for them doing the same back to us. So I spent hours analysing their body positions and also then making tiny shifts in where I was loading my weight through my feet. So I gained a really good understanding of the nuanced differences that a tiny adjustment can make on the body. And then after that, I didn't really do anything. I was back in the UK working and I just didn't really have time for exercise and then after the birth of my fourth child I decided I really needed to get fit so I could run around after them so I took up running in 2010 and that was really where I was at before I started Nordic walking. Wow that's quite um, that's quite a background I'm really interested in this analytical stuff but obviously as a trainer you know that's a lot of the stuff we do have you found that has been really beneficial with teaching your clients? It's been really useful. I find it very easy to look at somebody's body position and see where they're going wrong. Um, Not just the arms, but their posture, where their head is in relation to their neck. All that sort of thing was incredibly useful for skiing, particularly with, with moguls. You actually want to have a really bad body position. You want your arms forward. You want to be slightly hunched over with your weight in the back of your heels, really. But with moguls at different points, as you're going over the mogul or whether you're coming up the back of the crest of a mogul, you're shifting your weight all the time so that you're maintaining contact with the snow and therefore keeping complete control for as long as you can so it is really nuanced and 
watching people Nordic walk is quite similar. And I sometimes get people to shift around their weight in their feet just so that they have a realisation of what the effect of these tiny little adjustments is on our own bodies. That's really interesting. I know that when um, when I'm teaching lean, step nine, for example, trying to get folk to feel more through the toes yes. is, uh, is a really good way of uh, promoting lean. So, yeah, that's really interesting. Wow, you have, you have definitely got a good background in. Maybe I should send you some videos, actually, of me, my techniques. Anyway, um, going on to your podcast now. Um, yes. When you interviewed me, I mentioned about light bulb moments. Uh, yes. So, what was your light bulb moment for wanting to start a podcast? Well, I love listening to podcasts. I mean, I really do. I listen to them in the car, I listen to them when I'm cooking. And I really wanted to listen to one on Nordic walking, but couldn't find one apart from Christina's, which is really good technically. But I wanted one that included lots of different techniques from different instructors. And I kept thinking that somebody ought to give it a go. And that really got me thinking about the qualities needed for that person. And I decided there were two things that I thought were necessary. Firstly, a background in podcasting. And secondly, a solid grounding in teaching Nordic walking. And once I sort of boiled it down to those two points, I realised that perhaps I could do it as I used to record and edit shipping market reports and turn them into podcasts. And I've also been teaching Nordic walking for seven years, but I do really suffer from imposter syndrome. So I kept finding reasons as to why I shouldn't do it. So it took me a little while to get going. But there is part of me also that likes to have permission to do something. So once I'd sort of decided that maybe I was that person and almost given myself permission, I actually emailed Catherine Hughes and told her of my plans and received a really encouraging email back. So I thought, oh, gosh, I better do it now. (laughs) (laughs) Then I contacted a couple of (laughs) I contacted a couple of other instructors that I already knew and asked them to be guests. Mm. And once they'd signed up to it, then I was committed to making that first step and also making it as easy as possible for them because I realized they would be nervous because I was feeling nervous but my job I'd got them to commit so my job was to make them feel comfortable and then I just practiced by sitting at my kitchen table and conducting mock interviews on zoom with my children who were in their bedrooms I got one of my sons to write and play the little jingle that I used at the beginning and end of every episode. And then I played around with the editing software until I was happy with it all. So that's how it really got going. Well, I know that um, you've done nearly 40 episodes now. I've learned loads. Um, Have you learned anything? Have you learned anything about yourself? Have you learned anything about podcasting, which you never anticipated? Any lessons learned for us? Um, I've learned so much about myself. Firstly, I mentioned the imposter syndrome and that need for validation. There were definitely lots of uh, psychological barriers I had to overcome. So there was another big barrier for me, which was that one of time. And I kept saying, I haven't got time for this. But actually, with lockdown, when I couldn't work and I couldn't go anywhere and I couldn't see my friends, I didn't have that excuse anymore. So I just thought right I better plunge straight in and get going and even since the lifting of restrictions I've managed to continue producing the podcast despite running several classes a week loads of beginner workshops running around after four teenagers and I've moved house so I've actually learned that if you really want to do something you can actually make time stretch so that's been a really interesting lesson for me 
I think we do put in these psychological barriers and sometimes we've just got to stretch ourselves and jump out of our comfort zone and give something a go. Because the other thing I've always been worried about is what happens if it doesn't work and if it fails. And actually, it's not that bad if it fails. I mean, luckily, this I don't think this has failed. It's worked really well. But that was a big worry of mine beforehand. And it's been a really, really fun experience. I've just enjoyed every moment of it. I think one of the things which I've taken from all of your podcasts is how different everything is. And, and as I say with all my instructors and leaders who I teach and who have working with me, keep every session different. And that's a yeah. really important lesson in life, you know, and keep everything fresh. And, and I just love the fact, you know, I've learned so much over the, the two series that you've done. It's been, it's been amazing, really. And quite a few of them um, I've listened to several times um, because I've learned so much stuff about and I wanted to keep learning about it. I've learned so much from the other instructors. I think that's what I've really enjoyed the most. And that was one of my inspirations for starting, actually, was um, I was asked to do a live piece on Radio Derby about a year ago on backwards walking because a researcher for that programme had found a blog I'd written about backwards walking. And I'd accidentally stumbled on walking backwards and the benefits that it provides and then done some research into it. And it just got me thinking, I wonder what other quirky activities other instructors include in their classes that I would like to include in mine to keep the classes fresh. And actually, it's been so interesting talking to all the different instructors from all over the country, because everybody has slightly different ideas. And I've used quite a lot of them. I've used quite a few phrases and mantras that people have. I love um, Karen Ingram's um, motion is lotion and my walkers absolutely love that I've found Nikki Sproson's idea of think of the mountain you've done not the mountain you've come although I adapt it to think of the path you've done not the path yeah. or not the path to come and one thing that has been really fun again I took this from my um, interview with Sarah Walters on mindfulness is I started sometimes getting my walkers to do a technique point really badly and do exactly what I don't want them to do and getting them to think about how that feels in their body and then we do it correctly so that we can feel the difference and actually it's very enjoyable doing that everybody gets a real giggle out of it and actually comes away having felt firsthand what the technique is doing to their body when they do it badly and then do it correctly. So with that do you have a favourite technique? Oh, rotation. Without any hesitation, I would say rotation. So for me, when I was learning, it was rotation that brought the whole technique together. I felt like every bit of my body was working in sync and that I was almost dancing. It's what helps me achieve that, that state of flow. Yeah. And occasionally, if I wake up with a stiff back, I'll grab my poles, I will go out for a walk and I really exaggerate that rotation and it sorts me out in absolutely no time at all. It's also brilliant for releasing neck and shoulder tension. And again, when I'm teaching, I love rotation, particularly in beginners workshops because it's such an icebreaker and I get my clients, I think a lot of people do this, to imagine they're strutting down a catwalk with real attitude. And so it's always accompanied by loads of laughter. And 
I really see people letting themselves go at that point and giving up any remnant of self-consciousness. And that's when they really just embrace Nordic walking. For me, that's what I love. Absolutely. I love um, I love teaching rotation because it's. For, I teach a lot of blokes. You know, my group is probably 50-50 males and females. And I love the fact that the blokes can just get rid of their inner diva. It's brilliant. Yes. And, yeah. you know, I always use it, try and use a line you know, maybe yes. on the pitch or the football pitch, whatever, and just really strut your stuff. But actually what's amazing is the rotation is only about four degrees either side of centre. It's not a lot, but it's it releases so much. And I, I remember being in Barcelona for the international conference, and um, I think it was Tina who was talking to us about um, rotation. And I actually realised actually it all stems from step two. Yes, you know, yes. when you start rolling through your heel and your toe, you get that myofascia releasing around your body, and then it's just, and then it naturally starts to flow. Mm. And I think trying to teach um, rotation in isolation is very difficult, but actually teaching it right at the start and so making it feel as though it's part and parcel of what yeah. you do, it converts these people who've got the flexibility of railway sleepers into really malleable kind of people. And it is, it is so good. I totally agree with it. That's what makes it this full body exercise. Really. Yeah. Well, I often start by demonstrating and I walk with really flat feet and I say, look at my upper body and nothing's happening. Nothing at all. And then I say, right now I'm going to roll through my feet and I exaggerate the foot roll and I say, what's happened? And then my shoulders are naturally uh, moving. So I say rotation is not a it's not a weird thing that we have to incorporate into Nordic walking. It is a natural part of the walking gait. If you're walking like we all should be walking in a really relaxed way. And again, the other thing I sometimes get them to do is I say, right, pretend this is a, a drama class that you've come to, not a Nordic walking workshop. And I want you to all walk like old people. And they all start walking with flat feet naturally and shuffling. And, and again, there's no movement in the upper body. And I say, right, now I want you all to pretend that you're walking like six-year-olds around the playground. And they start putting that spring in their step and then the shoulders start going. And you just see this difference. And I say, that's what it's all about. And that's what we're trying to enhance and capture in our Nordic walking. So have you had any... As you as an instructor, have you had any real standout moments with a, a particular client or, you know, a group of clients? I've had I've had so many. Um, I think when I started Nordic walking, I thought I was just going to be teaching people to get fitter. And I was so wrong. That's so much more than that. And what I love in particular is creating communities. And nothing gives me more pleasure than when I hear that a group of my walkers is about to go off to the theatre together or off to a museum. And they're so supportive of each other and of the group as a whole. But I've also seen other people's lives just transformed through Nordic walking by gaining confidence, both socially and in their bodies. I've seen mental health improved and I love getting emails from my walkers just saying I can't tell you what a difference this session made to me today. I arrived feeling really down and I wasn't even sure if I was going to come and now the world seems a better place because of that group and those activities we did and you made us skip around and look silly and have a laugh and suddenly the world is brighter and I love that. 
No, it's, it's definitely, it is a holistic exercise thing we're involved with. It's brilliant. And, and the great thing, it touches people from all over the place. So with that in mind, um, have you got any plans to go international? And talk, I know you've talked to a couple of people around the world. Yes, I've, I've spoken to Christina in Spain on cancer. And I've also spoken to Julie Franklin in Italy on language learning. I've been invited next week to give a presentation, actually, to a group of American Nordic walkers, a lot of whom are trying to learn on their own uh, because there aren't that many instructors in America. But apart from that, I would love to interview more people from around the world. So if anybody listening would like to be interviewed and has a topic they would talk, want to talk about, please get in touch. Excellent. From what we've talked about in the past, I think hearing, I, I hate to use this phrase, but normal people. Yes. Uh, hearing their stories is as equally as beneficial as actually hearing about instructors and, and what have you. So I think it'd be really great to have more of our normal Nordic walkers telling about their things they benefit from. What do you think? I absolutely agree. I think it's all very well us instructors saying this is the benefit and this is why you should do it. But we've been trained. I think, as you say, hearing normal Nordic walkers, so not yeah. instructors, is yeah. able to reach other people and inspire other people in a way that perhaps, well, in a different way from an instructor. So I would love to be able to interview somebody who has reversed their type two diabetes. I'd love to speak to somebody who's found that Nordic walking has helped them with long COVID, for instance, or any other part of their life. I just think it would be really inspiring for so many people out there. Mm. One of the most popular interviews I've done was just a couple of episodes ago with Heidi talking about weight loss, uh, who walks in with Nordic Walking Watford. And that has been incredibly popular, I think, because people related to the fact that she was a participant rather than a teacher. Absolutely. I, that's one of those that I listened to twice. That I was yeah. About. Yeah, it's, it's really good things. That... So what benefits have you found then? For you personally as a Nordic walker, not as an instructor, but as a Nordic walker? Well, when I very first tried Nordic walking, I was actually recovering from a sprained ankle, so I couldn't run. And that enabled me to carry on exercising, but in a very gentle way that didn't put a huge impact through my ankle. So that was one of the reasons I tried it. But at the time, I also had this problem where when I drove for more than an hour at a time, my right hand would go completely numb. And this was due to an old whiplash injury. Ah. And from when I started Nordic walking, that just disappeared. And I think it was because I was continually relaxing and contracting the muscles in my neck and shoulders. And it's just released something. So I don't have that numbness anymore that was going down my arm to my hand. I also, I've mentioned a few times, my favourite place is the Lake District and I love walking in the mountains, but I do find going uphill quite hard. Well, the poles are like having an extra engine and I can keep up with my children as I go up mountains now because I've got the poles pushing me up and propelling me forwards. I would say my posture has definitely improved and I've also, my body shape has changed. I've definitely toned and, um, yeah, feel much fitter much much fitter as a result of Nordic walking. Brilliant, brilliant. So we are coming up to Christmas, yes. only a few days away. So if Santa could bring you one item of Nordic walking kit, 
this year. Yes. Would it be? There are a couple of books I would love. Firstly, the updated Inwa manual would be great to read. And then... <laughs> which Christmas <laughs> And then also Vicky Welsh's book, which I'm really looking forward to reading because I know it's going to contain lots of fascinating research that Vicky has conducted. But neither of them have been published yet, so I won't get either of those this year. So I thought what I'd really like is a pair of magic poles that I can wave like a wand so that anyone within 100 metres of me will only swing their arms from the shoulder and never ever hinge at the elbow is that allowed yeah yeah and can you uh, can you send them to the rest of us as well yes <laughs> if anyone can invent a pair then that's that's what i really want i love that that is a fantastic thing that is a fantastic thing so at the end of your podcast mary you always yes. ask the same question so this is your podcast you've called it walking on air which is a play on the words uh, a euphemism for walking air meaning feeling elated and happy so what is your top tip for walking on air? Well, I do love being in nature, particularly in the mountains. But for me, the times when I feel that I've walked on air or when I have had a really meaningful conversation with another person and connected with them on a deep personal level. So I think that walking is such a leveller. It doesn't matter how fancy the clothes you're wearing or what technical gear you've got. You're all doing the same movement and it's just it's just such a connecting activity. So I would say that my top tip is to use walking as a means of connecting human to human. I think that is an absolutely brilliant thing. Well, Mary, thank you so much for allowing me to interview on your podcast. Um, I wish you and your family a very, very Merry Christmas. And to everybody else out there in the Nordic walking world, um, have a great time. Thank, you, Thank you so much, Steve. You've done a brilliant job of interviewing me. Um, I felt incredibly nervous. And it's, as I said earlier, it's very good for me to be in this hot seat. Yes, have a very happy Christmas, everybody. And thank you very much, Steve, for doing this. Thank you. A huge thank you to Steve for being such a brilliant interviewer today. And thank you to all the wonderful guests who have shared their knowledge this series. I have thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you all and learnt so much from your expertise. I would also like to thank the listeners and to wish everyone a very happy Christmas and a fantastic New Year wherever you are listening. Please join me again in 2022. And finally, before I go, I would just like to thank this episode's sponsors, British Nordic Walking, NordicWalk.store and Walking Women. Their support enables our community to share knowledge and learn together.